Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. There's a lot of factors that come into play with regards to why people aren't going back to cinemas in their droves. And I think one of them that we really have to think about is the price. I know friends of mine that have children, they just literally cannot afford to go to the cinema anymore on a regular basis with their children. Streamers themselves um, not helping out the cinemas. They will release things on the same day, sometimes as the film is in the cinema, or a couple of weeks later. So you'll have people going, why am I bothering going to see Saltburn in the cinema where I, I can see Killers, it, of, the know, Killers of the Flower Moon two weeks later? Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler. Now, are you through with cinemas? Do you go as much as you used to? And if not, why not? Is it a lack of movies? Is it cost? Cleanliness, maybe? Disruptive behaviour? Or is it something else? Well, Jen Gannon, culture journalist and cinephile, is here with me. Jen, I was looking at the figures and Ireland's cumulative box office last year exceeded €100 million euro for the first time since the pandemic disrupted everything. And it was reported as a comeback story, but actually, in fact, it's the worst figure in at least a decade before the pandemic ever hit. Today, I think we'd, I'd like to talk about what's going on and whether you see a comeback for cinema and what some of the factors are that might be preventing us from going as often as we might have gone might have gone i have a few reasons why i only go once or twice a year now instead of the 10 or 12 times a year and it's to do with technology at home big screens lots of streaming services but it's also to do with the cinemas themselves and uh, the experience um what's your own take i mean i think those figures are great but also it was surprising to hear that it hasn't come, you know, even plateaued a bit after mm. post-pandemic because I think everybody thinks about the big experiences of Barbenheimer, you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um, so Barbie was summer. the biggest grossing movie ever, ever in, in Irish in history yeah. last year. Mm. And it still didn't take the Irish box office above any year over the last 13, 14 years with the exception of 2015, which was a blip. Which is so surprising to me because it was sold out everywhere and it was treated like this massive comeback for cinemas. It's event cinema. You're getting dressed up. You're going with your friends. You're bringing your kids. You know, it was everywhere. And the same with Oppenheimer in the way of it's you have to be in the cinema to experience it, to see those, you know, the bombs, see it happening in front of your eyes and get that really, you know, top grade sound and be awed by it. And I think it's 
strange to me that if those two films, which are so different mm. and appeal to such a, a mass, a different variety of people, if they can't do it, if they can't capture the market enough, what will happen? And I think there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of factors that come into play with regards to why people aren't going back to cinemas in their droves. And I think one of them that we really have to think about is the price. I know friends of mine that have children, they just literally cannot afford to go to the cinema any anymore on a regular basis with their children. And As in, we're talking about maybe eight to ten euro a ticket yeah. plus popcorn and drink. Mm-hmm. Like you're sometimes like, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine. She has four children and she's like, it can cost anywhere from like 70, over 70 euro to, you know, max 100 euro maybe to have a night and out. maybe she has already forked out for Disney Plus and Netflix or something as well at mm-hmm. home. So that's, it's not a veto on going to the cinema, but it's going to niggle away at you. It might stop you going, say, once or twice a month and might, Maybe you'll only go once every two months yeah. or three months. That, because, as you said, you're paying for these family-centric streamers in your house. And a lot of people, you know, not all people, but a lot of people have kitted out their house nicely enough mm. with their, you know, big TVs and sound bars and what have you. And they're saying, we're paying these well, subscriptions every month. Why yeah. do I have to leave my home to have an experience where you're, you know, depending on the behaviour of other people as well when you're going to these things? Well, we'll talk about the, we're going to talk about some of the good things as well about going to the cinema because there are still some fantastic reasons to go to the cinema and you, you very eloquently, we were talking about earlier on and you, you, you have some, you articulate it very eloquently but just on those topics. So the average budget television that you buy these days is now a 55-inch television. It costs about 500 euro. And if you had shown me one of those TVs 10 years ago, I would have thought of that as being some kind of posh home cinema system. Mm. Now, it's not enough for you to never go to the cinema again. But if you have one of these really high-end, relative to a decade ago, TVs in every home, almost every home, you now have pretty much high-speed broadband in almost every home. You now have subscriptions to anything from Netflix or Amazon or Apple or uh, Disney Plus or Paramount or Mubi uh, mm. for, for art house stuff in almost every home. It starts to, it doesn't negate the reason for going to cinema because there are lots of reasons to go to the mm. cinema, but it it lessens them. If you have a conversation like we have in our house, sometimes it'll be a casual what are we going to do this evening conversation? And the answer to that a few years ago often was, why don't we go to the cinema? Now, because of those factors, that has gone from, say, choice number two or number three down to choice number six or number seven. Mm. And and I think there's a problem here as well with the streamers themselves um, not helping out the cinemas because they will release things on the same day sometimes as the film is in the cinema or a couple of weeks later. So you'll have people going. That's a big issue. You know, why am I bothering going to see Saltburn in the cinema where I, I can see Killers of the Flower know, Moon? Killers of the Flower Moon two weeks later. And that is a, a huge problem because, on the one hand, massive companies like Apple 
and Netflix are giving the money to directors like Martin Scorsese or like David Fincher or, you know, even like Ridley Scott. They're giving them the budgets that they require to make these films, but then they're also doing them a disservice by by pulling the actual cinema goers away from the cinema and saying, watch it in your house. You're paying for this mm. subscription anyway. You'll get, don't worry, you'll get this film anyway. And that is also lessening the amount of time that these films have in, in cinemas. I find that really frustrating sometimes where I'm like, I really want to go and see a certain film, but then I'm like, I have a two-week window. And if I don't get to see this in the two-week window, it's gone. And sometimes you really want to see them in the cinema. Like something like, I think there's been a a lot of bad press about... uh, Bradley Cooper's Maestro mm. and that came out on Netflix over Christmas a lot of people were watching it over Christmas and they were just like what is this I don't get it I don't really like it and a lot of the time I think that is because of the way you're watching it now not everyone will have a giant TV most people are watching them in bed on their laptop right. and their sound is terrible or they're getting distracted they're just sitting there you know scrolling through their phone and I can understand that I don't want the experience of watching Killers of the Flower Moon which is you know over three like over three hours I don't want to sit in my house watching that in particular Mm. because I know I will be distracted by my phone or I will pause it five times to go to the toilet to make a cup of tea. And I think that's the really important thing about the cinema. You've introduced a lot. There's a lot that you've introduced there in that idea. And it's all wrapped up in the way we approach a film and what the experience is. So going back again, 15, 20 years ago, you went to the uh, cinema, um, you, you, you were being led into an experience. They had your complete attention. At home, that doesn't happen anymore. You're scrolling on your phone. So it's a different experience. Now, for some people, that's still okay. And in some ways, it can be a discipline on movie makers to make sure that that there's no dead weight in the actual movie or the the program if you want to put the kindest possible interpretation on on this behavior. But for the most part, it's a a problem. Um, But something you alluded to earlier and it's high on my list as well of why I might go to the cinema is other people. Yeah, other people are tough. People are <laughs> um, hell. Yes, exactly, as the saying goes. Um, and I think really we're, we're talking about post-pandemic behaviour and I think a lot of our, our behaviours after lockdown, we've seen it. We, we kind of don't know how to behave in public anymore with each other. Um, and the cinema is the litmus test of that. Mm. And there's been a lot of conversation on column inches about cinema etiquette that has completely disappeared. And I genuinely think that that is true. Yeah, do you know, I just before we get a bit further into that, um, you were telling me earlier about trying to watch Oppenheimer. Yeah. And and like two things happened in the same screen and it was the first week as well of release of Oppenheimer. So it wasn't as if the hype had died down and, and people were tired of it. It should have been a case where we were all engaged with this film. and Excited. Yeah. And I was sitting beside a guy and he pulled up straight away when the film started his phone and pulled up Jay. Robert Oppenheimer's Wikipedia page immediately. And obviously the glare is going to annoy you, but then you're distracted going, why are you here? If you like, can't you learn about this while watching the film? You're watching the film to learn about him. It's so, it's so annoying. I, I mean, it, it, even if it's not the guy sitting beside you with the wiki page, there is now an 80 to 90% chance that at any moment during any film, that multiple people will be pulling out their phones to quote unquote check something, mm. check social media, check a message, check WhatsApp, maybe responding to a WhatsApp, not bothering to reduce the brightness on their screen, on, on their display. By the way, it's often older people who do this now. It's yeah. not, we we badmouth kids for doing it. Actually, it's mostly older people in my experience who who, who do it. 
But um, but that wasn't the only thing that happened and to you. No, food is a massive issue yeah. as well, I think, in cinemas. And I know Mark Kermode is, is huge about there shouldn't even be popcorn in a cinema because mm. it's so noisy. Why is popcorn the thing that they sell in cinemas? But now you have people bringing in like three-course meals. They're having their dinner watching a film. Like, And, and this is not your house. That's the thing that you have to, you know, keep impressing on people. And at the same screen, screening of Oppenheimer, people got up to leave. Um, just before the, the actual bomb test. Because it's a long test. movie. It is a long movie. And I understand that you need to go to the toilet, whatever, that's fine. I don't have any problems with that. But they left to get food and came back in just as the pivotal moment where they're doing the bomb test and stood in front of the screen with their hot dogs, which stink <laughs> anyway, and watched <laughs> that whole part standing up while eating their hot dogs. And, you know, nobody came over to, no usher came over to give out to them, to tell them to sit down. It was up to the other, you know, patrons to actually tell them to sit down, which just, was it's something just else. Total buzzkill. It is. It really is. And it takes you completely out of it. And at such a pivotal moment as well, mm. I just thought, this is ruined now. This experience has been, you know, I'm jolted I mean, out of this. In some ways, you can't blame the cinema owners for this because they will tell you that in selling food is the only way that they can actually make the revenue to keep the whole show on the road, to keep it viable and to keep, uh, you know, cinemas open so that people can watch movies. But on the other hand, they're becoming basically junk food grazing malls. Mm. Oh, they I mean, really are. giant, giant, Things of stinking nachos or hot dogs or um, and and even at the mild end, just constant rustling of crisps or crunching down on sweets. And I, I wonder, this maybe is behavior and etiquette that honestly, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, I actually think we might have put up with be, uh, that this may be wrapped up in more of a journey that we're on as well as a culture and, and from a civilizational point of view that we're less inclined to put up with it now than we might have been 15 years ago when the cinema was really the only place to get that really powerful, immersive experience, you know, to go and watch Blade Runner 2049 and you see the, you know, and you're listening, you know, it it, it gets right into you. But the fact that we do have these alternative um, outlets to watch movies, if we can be dis- disciplined enough to do so, the food just doesn't help. It doesn't. And I think the annoyance factor as well as people actually saying, I, I came out of my house to do this and I spent mm. money on this and, and that's where the aggression kind of comes from. They're like, you're ruining this because you can't go two hours without having a hot dog or, yeah. you know, some nachos. And I think that really irritates people as well. It's the fact that they're going this is my experience too and it's a collective experience. Like we've seen that at gigs as well where it's like mm. people cannot stop recording like, oh, you know, yeah. live gigs or they can't stop recording each other or they can't stop talking during gigs mm. and, you know, throwing things at, at, at the performer and this is all bound up in, you know, having to relearn how to be in public together. We're, we're just not doing that properly or appropriately anymore and I think that because we're spending so much more money because of the cost of living factor and the crisis that we're going through that that is a key point to this that we get very irritated very quickly because we're like our money is important now to mm. us and like it really is and this is something that we wanted to do it's a special occasion almost because back in my day like I used to go to the cinema I'd say every week like as a young person because it was I would have a younger been close person. to that as yeah, well yeah because mm-hmm. it's the first time you know you had that bit of independence where like my mum would allow me to go into the town if like I was with my friends and she's like you can go to the cinema because she knew the time it would end and you could go home you know mm. and that was it but like it's becoming so much more expensive and so different now for people that they are more specialised experiences where you're like I'm only going to go 
once every couple of weeks or once a month or whatever it is. And also, I wonder what you think about this, the, the challenge that cinemas have as somewhere to go. Because for me, despite all the negative things and all the challenges that we've pointed out that they have, and, and by the way, there are others we haven't even mentioned, uh, like you know the upkeep of cinemas, whether they're clean, trying to make them appealing, interesting, visually stimulating places to go other than the actual movies, movies involved. Um, it does seem that if you take a city like Dublin, there are now probably twice as many cumulative restaurants, cafes and pubs as there were a decade ago. Certainly restaurants and cafes, far, far more than there used to be. The option for young people, adults in general, to go somewhere, somewhere to go on a Friday evening, a Thursday evening, a Saturday evening, a Sunday afternoon is actually far wider now than it used to be. When I was a teenager or say I was 19, your choices were a pub, a cinema, or nightclub, more or less. Mm. They, they were the three big ones that you had. Now it's cafe restaurant is definitely in there as well. If you look at what mm. people do, I know it's expensive to, to do that. But just, again, I'm talking about the margins here, the 20, 30%. And there's a scene at the end of um, the movie All About Eve, the classic mm. movie where she is protesting loudly that the theatre will never die just as she's about to go off to Hollywood. And, you know, cinemas really kind of killed off theatre as a mass entertainment form. I know any actor friends I have, I'm sorry, I, I love you still. Um, <laughs> but um, it's true. The, cinemas largely replaced theatres. Is there any fear that something like this might be happening at the moment with cinemas as an art form? I mean, I don't, for me personally, I don't think so. I would be more optimistic in the way of I think that it's the only place that you can go where you can actually switch off and, and you're not distracted and you're asked to give your full attention to something. And I think that is extremely important, except for the theatre outside of the theatre, obviously. But I do think there's something really important about that. And I also think it's one of the most empathetic art forms. Um, it asks you to, you know, put away everything to distract you and get into somebody's shoes, like be in their live, lives for however long and I think it's there's the something nudge that we need exactly and there's something mm. so potent about that still and I think for Ireland Irish people just love storytelling and we're a nation of storytellers we are but we also we're totally in cinema we, we're regardless of what we're saying about you know big stars like Barry Keoghan or Killian Murphy like that we're extremely proud of but also you know production companies that we have as well here um, uh, like Element Pictures who are involved in you know Poor Things which is out in cinemas at the moment we and like something like the absolute like undeniable success of something like on Colleen Kuhn last mm. year which took everyone by surprise I think beautiful film we appreciate those st small moments those smaller stories and actually and that's a good example of a, of a film that was undeniably better in the cinema than it was yeah. on a small screen. We, we we saw it in the cinema and because of the audio in particular and the, the sound of the wind whistling and the breeze and that kind of stuff, it really accentuated, it made the, the silence of it much more visceral than it could be at home with other stuff going on. And I think that's a huge... Uh, that is a huge factor that I kind of brought up there uh, earlier on, like as in with Maestro. Like you, mm. if you're watching that at home on a laptop with terrible sound, it, you're not going to get the same effect as when you see it in a cinema and the orchestra is in your stomach mm. almost. Like you are going to the cinema to have those, the experts look after you to have the best experience visually as in 
a, a beautiful screen projecting something twice the size of your house like mm. or like you know you have the best sound quality that you can have and those things matter they, and the, you know they, they really matter to, to draw you into the experience and I so, don't think you get that at home no matter yeah. what size TV you have or what, what you know sound you have in, in your so, so then house. what do we make if, if, if that's what we love about it and if that's cinema at its absolute finest what do we make when for example the Savoy chops up Savoy Cinema 1 into a bunch of smaller which balls. really upset me because I remember like all of my childhood seeing those massive those big blockbusters in you know Savoy 1 I think one of the last ones I saw there was The Dark Knight Rises I think mm. and it was like the midnight screening and it was just filled with people that we couldn't like it was packed totally completely sold out and it was worth it for that experience of that kind of blockbuster film um, and I think yeah you're, you're, you're moving away from that there's something that is being reduced and the importance of cinema is kind of being reduced in that way when you when you do something like that. Um, and I think that's just a sign of the times in the way, as you're saying, that people are more inclined to go, well, I can't really be bothered. And so, I think that's the type of films that are would be in Savoy 1, would have been in Savoy 1 as well. Maybe that's a, a sign of the times as well because they're not all worthy of Savoy 1 blockbuster because mm. we've had decades of these middling to awful superhero films that have dominated the multiplexes for so long and you know they're at fault too because we're now seeing the downturn of that that these are rote stories that nobody wants to see they're not inventive they're not interested they're not complex they're not enough for people um, That that's turning people away as well if all you're being fed is dross mm. you know for families especially like if you're a parent you don't want to have to sit through this again and it, now, it, to, to be fair and not that things. I disagree with you your, your analysis uh, at all but I I'd say the studios would say the dross you're talking about often make a billion dollars per film. So, but I do think they would say that that keeps a lot of the rest of the show on the road. Oh, it does, and I and I do think it's really important for like there's a you know certain sector of Hollywood like someone like Margot Robbie who is now into producing films which mm. I think is really important because they're putting the money from those blockbusters that you know maybe they just took the paycheck for whatever and putting them back into cinema which I think is really important into smaller films and that's amazing but I also think there has been a general consensus within the wider public that we're not being fed anything I'm not talking in a snobbish way like I mean th those superhero films that come out every single month they're I think people are turning away from them as in they're saying the story isn't there it's not good enough you might go and see it because you've seen every other single one of them but I think people are are asking for something different they're asking for something more or and yeah well objectively you're 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 right in terms of the figures that studios disney's trying to figure out what to do with with marvel um just looking forward I'm wondering what the cinemas can do and I'm wondering what we can expect. There is one train of thought. When when you talk to people about this, when I talk to people like this, they'll say, oh, but look at the, look at the Stella in Rathmines. I mean, cinemas in, in Rootel. Well, I mean, that's there's a, there's a tiny handful of cinemas mm. around the country that do that. But maybe the gist of what the Stella is doing, where it costs 20 euros, by the way, to, to get in, what they're doing is they're creating an experience and occasion. And maybe that's through, you know, plush fancy chairs and little lamps on the tables and 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 nicer food but whatever it is they're 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 giving people an experience that seems to be working. They're also showing older films and right. I think that's really important too because for me like if you missed out on something like like 
a lot of the films from obviously the 60s and 70s. Like I would love to see Chinatown on the big mm. screen, something like that. And I think something somewhere like the Lighthouse in Dublin has really tapped into that. And they do specials like where they'll have a season of a certain director. Oh, I mean, the Big Lebowski is usually on, you know, exactly. once a year. Or once they'll do something like Hollywood Babylon where it's late night and they kind of show really odd, mm. strange things that you might have missed. And they're really tapping into something there where it's a lot. You so know, so that, that's fine that for a certain cohort. And that will only be a certain mm. cohort. But the lesson from that, maybe for, for the mainstream, for the families, for the people who want to see the new films, just give people a better experience. Like, let's take one of the multiplexes. If if it was a little bit nicer, if if you know, if, if the the if the place was clean, if the seats were slightly nicer, if the food that you got, the options that you got, if you have to have food, was slightly more interesting or sm- slightly less sloppy, maybe it would be. At the moment, you're putting up with the cinema to see a film. Mm, I, I think so. And I think, you know, like a lot of that is if you're hiring, you know, people on minimum wage, if you're not giving them enough respect, they won't in turn respect the space so that they're in. Down, so it's, it's definitely could, yeah, something it's to do that spiral. too. But also I think experiences, like you said, is, is a big deal. And I think we have seen mm. just, you know, a couple of months ago, the juggernaut that is Taylor Swift entering the cinema. And that's something that's so different and has been such a surprise hit, I think, with the the phenomenon that she is, that it's broken box office records to see a concert film. And it's very canny because Irish audiences will not see the era's tour until this June, mm. so this coming June. So they got a taste, they got a flavour of it. They couldn't wait to see it. So they, they went out in their droves to have that experience and be with their friends and like have that gig experience, but in the cinema. And it's the same with Beyonce Renaissance. She didn't come to Ireland. That's a whole nother story about how we're missing out on big gigs. But you could go and watch the Renaissance concert live, like a live screening of it, like in the cinema. And I think those kind of things are tapping into the mass audiences. It's all about giving people something different, a different experience. And lastly, before I let you go, what can we expect this year? Because one of the arguments as to why box offices haven't recovered fully is not just people, you know, having Netflix at home and getting used to leaving their house. It's actually that there wasn't enough, there weren't enough decent films out there. Then the strikes in Hollywood, mm. for example, affected all that. And that's a fair point. What can we expect this year? Yeah, there was a lot because the strikes, the WGA and the SAG after, after strike, they delayed so much worldwide, like coming to the cinema. So this year we will have Danny Villeneuve's Dune 2, with Timothée Chalamet, that will be that was pushed to this year, and that's a massive. Uh, but by sequel. the way, June one, I thought it was visually spectacular. I did see it in, in the cinema, but Mike, did I see it in the cinema? I'm not sure that I did actually, but anyway, it was well, it's vi- worth going to the cinema. It was to visually see. magnificent, yeah. as is anything that Denis yeah. Villeneuve does. Storyline. Well, I think now we're getting our kind of Empire Strikes Back okay. bit because this is how you the know, actors, he turns darker. A plus. The, the cinematography, A+. Plus. The actual way it all came together for me, B-. minus. But anyway. But then we're also getting something like there's the new Beetlejuice that will be coming out as well. And apparently they're moving away from CGI with that. So it's a lot more kind of delicately done as in like handmade, hand-produced kind of effects, which I like. The, is Tim the Burton involved of. with that? I think so, yeah. So, I mean, that will be interesting in itself. And then Ghostbusters 4. Now, Ghostbusters has just had a, a weird time of it. And it's odd that we're talking about franchises and the massive superhero mm. films, those colossus, colossal films. But now we're kind of going back to those 80 standards and kind of updating them for a new generation. And they're the kind of ones we're banking on to make the, the mega books, which mm. is strange in itself. And I think we need something more 
original to come out to appeal. But to as you said, audience. if any of those films, you know, if they if they end up being for rent within a couple of weeks or hit hitting mm. one of the streamers within three or four weeks. I honestly don't know whether I might go and see June Part Two, but it, as for the others, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to take a punt on a Saturday evening. Going and to I think that's an issue too, because those streamers they don't care about the cinema themselves; mm. they care about you know the the bottom line. And somewhere like Mubi, which is you know curated like art house streamer, but all it is a production company in itself, and um, they do not a lot of international films. They have a great idea where if you sign up, you get a subscription with them, you will get a free cinema ticket every month I think it is for one of their films. I actually didn't know that. I, I am a subscriber. I didn't even know that. So I think that's more if the streamers who have a lot of money like your Apples, your Amazons, your Netflix if they actually cared about the artist cinema they could well afford to do something like that and that would really I think entice families back to the cinema but you need better deals. You need you know deals for families deals for you know younger people deals for older people like where they can feel like they're getting value for money if they want to take a punt on a film. So cinema owners, exhibitionists, you've heard it here. If you, you need to give the people what they want. Jen Gannon, culture journalist and cinephile, thank you very much for coming in uh, and explaining a few things to us. That's all we have time for uh, this week on The Big Tech Show. JJ Clark produced and Gav Hennessy was in sound. For me, Adrian Weckler, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time Imon Irokti Yen of Chacht Erachor. Agasuligum a Makan Shah Gurfeder Echor Inuik Kart Lenavinterfein. Skilti Fis Turmi. Tashe Dochretche Nach Vetoch Ara Igornamion on Kestin Echol. Vientolamaginom Griv Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms.